Abolition. Abolition. Just in the weeks preceding the George Floyd video, there were a couple of other videos that came out. Yeah. One was an encounter in Central Park. Mm -hmm. A white woman tells a black bird watcher that if he doesn't stop taping her after he had told her to put her dog on a leash, which was required in that part of the park, she tells him if he doesn't stop taping her, she's going to call the police and tell them that a black man is threatening her life. Please call the cops. I'm going to tell them there's an African-American man threatening my life. Please tell them whatever you like. What did you see and hear in that tape? I saw white privilege on full display and the full realization of white people that they can weaponize the police, that the police are their private constabulary, that if they just feel like they're maybe losing an argument, (laughs) they can call the police. They're going to lead with the race issue because they know that the police will come and view the scene in a very particular way. They know. That's why when white people say, we didn't know, when we, they see these videos and they say, we didn't know it was this bad and we, we, we didn't know, they do know. They know that the state works for them. And they know that the state and, and, the, and law enforcement is embedded with the same narratives that they likely grew up with. And so she tells this black man to his face, she knows she's being videotaped, that she is going to weaponize the New York City Police Department. She's going to weaponize them against him if he doesn't stop filming her. There is an African-American man I am in Central Park. He's recording me and threatening myself and my dog. It's a powerful moment and moment for pause for us to think about the kind of power that we put into the hands of the average white person who believes that they are deputized to control the movements of black people. This is actually what existed after the Civil War with the creation of black codes, where black people could be questioned by any white person and asked to show their papers showing their employment, that some white person employed them, and that therefore they had the right to be on a public road. That's how they used to try to police us after the Civil War. After we were theoretically free from slavery, they created these these state codes and city ordinances that controlled our conduct. And that's what you see when you see, you know, all of these people who call 911 on black people having a barbecue or standing outside their house or whatever they're calling about. Teenagers going to a swim party. Teenagers going to a swim party. Is the, the fundamental belief of most white people that they have the right to question a black person's legitimacy and essentially ask the black person to show their freedom papers essentially to show their to show that they have the right to enter this building to be in this hallway to be in the gym we saw recently right you know tell show me that you work in this building where do you live um this is extraordinary but it is, it is directly connected to this period after slavery in which white people basically deputized themselves to be able to do this, to question black people in public spaces. I feel I'm trapped in a crazy place, asking the Lord for amazing grace. I see the masses want to change me, I'm waiting for someone to save me. Until then, until then. I guess I'm stuck here, nigga, island. Yeah. Yeah, when niggas be wildin', yeah, 
racism is past tense. We fight for blackness, but we don't know what black is. I know it ain't the zero sum of white men. They want to know how to reach the hood like there's magic. Like we're all the same. Huh? Like we're not dynamic. Hollywood wants to pimp us to get dough. Exploit us, but give us money. Somebody say, yeah, let's take those movies and them TV shows. Be a token or a player, Uncle Tom Rowe. Or be a magic Negro until the day I'm gone. I hope the white man reaches gold but never reach my own. Or an oversex male, even a coon. A young man who loves ignorance, praising his doom. Until then, I'm trapped in a crazy place. Asking the Lord for amazing grace. I see the masses want to change me. I'm waiting for someone to save me. Until then, until then. I guess I'm stuck here on nigga island. Yeah. Go, 
want me to do, right? Are you in the same? Are you in the same? Abolition. You just heard Sherilyn Eiffel on today's Black Codes, followed by Chapter 9, Jim Crow by Show Baraka. Peace. My name is Yusuf Hassan, and welcome to Abolition Today, a weekly syndicated online radio program with specific focus on modern slavery as it is practiced through the 13th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution and by for-profit prisons worldwide. We air live every Sunday, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central, and 4 Pacific. Live streams and archive podcasts are available at abolitiontoday.org. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Max Parthas. Uh, peace, Max. Uh, peace, Brother Yusuf. Fired up today, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That music, yes, sir. though. Woo. And, uh, yeah, man. Yeah, that, I felt that. Was, that. that was hot. Uh, you know, we've been finding this music, and like I told you, sometimes Nobody ever seen it. It's like two or three people don't like it. I'm like, how did you skip past this jewel? No, we're going to show some love for these people, man. Uh, so definitely for Show Baraka in uh, Chapter 9, Jim Crow. And Sherilyn, if Bill broke it down with the Black Codes. Yeah, it was very powerful. So we're two days from the election, and we'll be joined in discussion by political abolitionists and activists across America, including presidential candidate Mark Charles and representatives from New Jersey, uh, Nebraska, California, Texas, and Utah. And the theme of the night is Black Codes in the Third Age of U.S. Slavery, Chattel Slavery, Convict Leasing, Body Snatches. I love that, Max. How did you come up with that title? It's just the truth. That's just what it is, right? And I, I didn't want to say mass incarceration and then like that because what they are is body snatchers. That's what the ancestors called them. It said every man uh, that uh, commits slavery is a man stealer, a body snatcher. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So we just want to say that uh, we really do appreciate all of the support of those that we get together in the past few short years. We've indelibly etched the abolitionist movement into this nation's history. Starting as a willfully ignored political anomaly, then through national agitation and divestment programs, becoming a costly threat to a for-profit racial control justice system, and now from mass education efforts, becoming a nationwide political discussion about its certain necessity and looming inevitability. Uh, Featured guest callers tonight, again, is abolitionist presidential candidate Mark Charles, abolitionist congressional candidate Josh Bowden for Congress, and courtesy of the Abolition uh, Abolish Slavery National Network, the activists, representatives behind the historic move to amend state constitutions and abolish slavery in Utah, Colorado, California, Nebraska, Texas, and New Jersey, Dennis Febo. Uh, Melina Cohen, Kamal Wasset, Jamelia Land. The country has never seen anything like this post-antebellum. We've only just begun. And of course, we've got amazing music, just like what you just heard, to share, and we'll honor the ancestors without bridging the gap segment. We're going to keep the lines open tonight, and we expect some special calls to come in. The number is 515 
605-985-6059814. Remember to press 1 on your keypad so we know you have a question or comment. So, uh, yeah, Max, uh, you know, as we normally do, how was your week? I didn't ask you, how was your week? I told you I'm fired up. You know, we done did some epic stuff this past uh, week, at least the past week. Oh, and reminder, please press one on your keypad so we know you want to get into the conversation. We're going to keep these lines open throughout the evening. Uh, I saw one hand up and it went down. So there you go. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Go ahead with your weekly recap and we'll start bringing the calls in. I, I, we'll talk about oh, okay. it together because it's all family today. You know what I mean? Like this is a special fraternity getting together here today on Abolition Absolutely. Today. So nine five three two, your line is open. Who we who we talking to? This is Melina Cohen from Nebraska. Hey, Melina, hey, welcome Melina. to Abolition Today. Uh, Melina hey, Cohen guys. is the lead organizer in Nebraska that is about to amend, because, you know, I'm being very positive. She's about to amend the state constitution to remove the slavery exception clause and become the second, or I guess you're going to tie with Utah, right? As the two second and third states to do so in this nation's history. Welcome. Thank you. We're excited. Did you hear that opening track? Because, you know, we pride ourselves on starting with fire. So what did you think? I caught the tail end of it. Um, Uh, Being two days out from the election, I'm running around. Uh, So I just caught the end of it. But what I heard, I very much enjoyed. Thanks, thanks. Well, that's why you're here today, you know, because we are two days away from a historic election. And there's very few chances for us to let the really to get this message out. But you all need to know, especially this community that listens to abolition today, uh, you know, because we, we really, the people here that listen to us really understand the system well, and they'll support to the best of their ability. So Amendment 1 is Nebraska right now. And I saw you on a, at least one news report that they gave you some press on. That was really nice. You spoke real well. You were part of the Free the 13th uh, event. Uh, how, how do you feel about that? I thought the Free the 13th event was just really well organized. Um, and I, for one, just found it tremendously exciting um, to see all of these activists and advocates and abolitionists from across the country, like we're finding each other. And that excites me because I think, uh, I mean, Yusuf and Max, you guys know my story here in Nebraska. It's been kind of a lonely journey in some respects. Um, So the support from across the country is just incredible. Yes. And And I I, I do understand. Go ahead, Yusuf. Sorry. I was going to say uh, many people are just kind of like new to Nebraska. So can you tell me how that kind of initiated just the idea of wanting to uh, amend the Constitution out there? How did that project get off the ground? ground? Sure. Um, So Senator Justin Wayne represents um, a district that encompasses North Omaha, um, which is historically the city's like black community um and 
shortly after he got elected. Um, I think he started looking into this kind of legislation and it eventually um, last year, so early 2019, um, he put together this constitutional amendment, uh, pushed it through on the floor. He gave some really powerful speeches, um, encountered some opposition, but at the end of the day, all 44 of our senators voted for it unanimously. And so now it is legislatively referred to our 2020 ballot. How many senators did you say? 44. <laughs> I love it. 44 hey. Voted for it, yeah. 44. And, you know, we've got another uh, one of our, our comrades here on the line, so I want to bring him in. Uh, Yusuf, you want to introduce Brother Josh? Sure. This is uh, Josh Bowden. He's uh, going to be a 2022 candidate for U.S. Congress out of the 1st District in Utah. Uh, Josh has been on our program before. He's a slavery abolitionist. Josh, welcome back to the show. Hey, guys. How's it going? What's oh, up, it's Josh? Going great. Josh, meet Melinda. Melinda, meet Josh. Josh is out there in Oregon, and Melinda's in Nebraska. Man, it's all over the country happening, right? Oh yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm actually in Utah. Uh, Utah, Utah. <laughs> I, my bad, Utah. I was thinking of something else, but Utah, yes. No problem. No problem. <laughs> I was thinking of Senator Merkley, actually, because it was uh, something that I was going to bring up later on during the evening. But uh, have you been, you two been following his work and what he says he's trying to accomplish? I have, primarily because of you, Max. So thank <laughs> you. Um, and I think it's great. I think we can count on you know, having some accomplices and allies in Oregon as well. Right, Josh, you, you have you followed it as well? Um, I, I have not. I haven't. Uh, I haven't been caught up quite yet. <laughs> well, basically, he says he's going to put out a bill that, uh, using this bill, I guess, is going to create the discussions for a congressional convention to amend the Thirteenth and remove slavery uh, from ah. his, his seat in Congress. But um, it actually caused a conversation with Brother Kamal where he was like, you know, Max, what if we can get the 13th Amendment repealed and replaced before we do all the states? Like that even became a reality <laughs> that he wanted to voice out. It's it's amazing that we're at this point in American history where freedom is possible, you know, like real freedom, not this, you know, sneaky through the back door technicality that allows you to create the largest prison population on earth thing, you know? Oh, yeah. It actually, yeah, that reminds me of uh, during the People's Convention uh, with Nina Turner. She says, you know, how can we have peace? You know, <clears throat> if people want to go back to that normal we had in 2015, you know, that's just that false brunch peace that people have been used to thinking that, you know, we that we won after the Civil Rights Movement. You know, people kind of just went back to brunch and went quiet. But as Nina Turner says, you know, it's a false peace and I think now that so much has been exposed, I don't think people are going to want to go back to that. An idea whose time has come. It really is wonderful to see these moments come together. Just this conversation right here was unheard of a decade ago. But now, you know, what was done in the dark is coming in the light. And we're starting to see the connections collectively. What do they call it? Critical mass is occurring. Yeah. And history is being made right in front of our faces. And that's a wonderful thing. 
Um, Josh, uh, in your campaign efforts, have you found allies throughout your uh, uh, work there in Utah? Um, a few, yeah. I haven't been able to get in contact with people directly quite yet. I'm still building up my, uh, I, I call it a map, you know, just figuring out different contact information of different groups. But, um, yeah, we've got a Black Lives Matter chapter out here that has been doing very well. Um, there, there's also, we've got Justice Democrats and, uh, you know, just a, a couple of other groups that they haven't been in Utah for very long, but we're, we're, we're trying to get them, um, I'm trying to get as many people as possible involved with this um, and trying to get abolition spoken about more near the top of people's list of policies and stuff like that once I... Uh, once I actually have some clout behind me. <laughs> Am I correct? Isn't, is, it's the Latter-day Saints out there, right? Yes, yes. Okay, so with that said, speaking of Representative Sandra Hollins not too long ago, we found out that they're backing her uh, efforts to remove the exception clause from Utah's state constitution. So they would probably be willing to uh, give you an assist as well in your congressional efforts. So check with them. Oh yeah, definitely. Most definitely. Uh, I'd like oh, to Josh, Josh, I have a question. Go oh, go ahead, Max. I didn't. You have another question? No, no. Go ask ahead. your question because I was going to go to Melina real quick after that. Oh, okay. Josh, uh, can you? Where is the first uh, first congressional district? That's not Salt Lake City. So, what area is that? Okay, yeah. So the first district is like pretty much the most northern area of Utah, and uh, goes down to Davis County. So like Layton, and um, I'm not sure if Bountiful's in there. I need to look up the exact boundaries, but it includes like Tremont and Logan, Brigham City, Ogden, um, a bunch of small towns in between, like Hiram and uh, Willard and stuff like that. Um, so th- there's a lot of rural area. There's there's a couple of you know more dense areas like Ogden and Brigham City. Um, it's pretty. It's it's a very diverse district. There's a lot of manufacturing. Um, a lot of you know just it, it's pretty crazy demographic out here. <laughs> okay, thank you for that, Melina. Max. I wanted to say to you that I, you are not alone. You, you know. You just ain't got to compete with nobody for all the glory when you get her done. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, you are a superhero to us out there. Because you're proven, what I say all the time, is that all it takes is just you. You got to decide you want to do something, and you can do it, get it done. There's never been a time in human history where one person wasn't enough to make the biggest difference of all. It's built on that. Individuals deciding they're going to get something done no matter what happens. And your perseverance... Uh, see you go through this and, and, and on your own almost is just wonderful. And you know that you're not alone because you got us, you got the ASNN, uh, you got the support of the people across the country who are looking at you as a role model and something that they can follow. So thank you, Melina. Thank you. And I mean, I hope we do get this done. Um in a couple of days or however long it takes to count all of the ballots. Um, but, you know, I started thinking in this last stretch here, if, if we don't, um, I think Colorado's story gives us hope that it can be done. And if nothing else, I think we've raised a lot of awareness on this issue. So I, it's a win in some way, no matter what happens on Tuesday. 
Right. You know, that's, I use chaos theory and complexity theory in my efforts as an activist. And chaos is subject to initial conditions, meaning that just small perturbations in a system's dynamics can change the entire system. And we applied that when we started making precedents in things like this. You know, took Colorado twice, but they got it done. And now we're moving from state to state to state. And I see these victories coming for real soon. Also, mm-hmm. even to the point where we've inspired, uh, just by this conversation being across the country, someone to run for president as an abolitionist. And that's going to be one of our guest callers tonight, Mark Charles, uh, at Mark Charles 2020. He is a dual citizen, Native American, Navajo, as well as American citizen out of uh, Washington. And he's been our guest here before, and tonight he's going to join the conversation with us. I mean, it's just inspiring to know that these things have occurred and we're setting precedents. And I believe he's set up to receive as much as, uh, was it, 280 or whatever uh, the delegates that he needs in order to get yeah. the presidency. Yeah, he's got 270. it set up. Yeah, 270. 270 is there. He's got as many the as 289, I think, that he could reach. So you imagine if this brother suddenly everybody heard about him and said, what? <laughs> we don't have to pick an evil? All right. A slavery exactly. abolitionist and a Native American? What? So it's awesome, man. Uh, as a matter of fact, I want to play a clip of him speaking and also follow that up with a song from Reconcile called 13th Amendment. Uh, guys, bear with us. We always love to include music in what we're doing uh, so I'm going to play that, and when we come back, he'll probably be on the line with it. So stay tuned to Abolition Today. This is Mark Charles, followed by Reconcile, 13th Amendment. We'll be right back. Abolition, Abolition. Today. Uh, there's just racial issues around the globe, and I just wanted to start tonight, Mark, with just a conversation about race and, and how that relates to the criminal justice system and all the things that we're seeing across the globe right now. Yeah, this is something that our campaign is really kind of uniquely situated to address, and we've been working with these issues at a foundational level uh, back to the very the first announcement of our campaign when we announced in May of 2019 that we wanted to build a nation where we the people truly means all the people. And one of the primary critiques we have of our foundations is that not only is our foundations not inclusive, uh, they exclude women, they exclude Natives, they exclude African Americans, but the 13th Amendment keeps slavery legal within our criminal justice system. And this is the criminal justice system that is now murdering and lynching and not bringing justice, not only on the streets, but even in the courts, especially the people of color. And we believe very firmly that any serious dialogue on criminal justice reform needs to begin with abolishing slavery. We have to take the clause out of the 13th Amendment that says neither slavery nor involuntary servitude except as a punishment for crime whereof the party has been duly convicted shall exist in the United States. That clause that was inserted there by a politician from Illinois, Abraham Lincoln, who, if you really study his his history, history, was a blatant white supremacist. supremacist. 13th Amendment, free the slaves and made more. They changed us down a lot to suffer and then they made more. Yeah. Uh. 
I done took too many L's like a debut on Murray. You don't stand for nothing. They on kids, starts the incarceration of us. Till we did leave the party. Had to weigh my intentions. Double back for my hips. Roaches in my cereal We ain't had no bank account Disconnect my sprint phone Friends be looking pitiful Hard as that scenario Stressing that day Yeah, day I got a wet Don't I? You ain't got no money Sleep on the floor Sleep on the street If you ain't got no job Ain't got no job No food to eat Everybody depend on you And damn it Who you ask for help Everybody down bad Ain't going through the same head You, you wanna gonna do what you gonna do They call it they hear listing servers and they're selling dope surviving. And every day you gotta hustle just to stay afloat. You look around and all your brothers in the same boat. Your skin proud, black, they put us in sex and they got us bit. I'm a police spitting fat, take your consent straight to pit. And these youngest ain't strapped, you lacking on spitting fat. In the bottom of the bank, lose the trial, ain't coming back, yeah. Ooh, free my niggas like the trap, huh? You don't stand for nothing. They don't kill you. Start the incarceration of us. Till we did leave the party. Had to wear my antiques. Double back for my hips. Yeah. God be our strength when we broke as hell. When we going through hell, living in hell, living in cells. All this depression, no, you see us in it. All this depression, no, you see us in it. Lord, it's my vessel, pass on all my sin. No, you a Venus, I know your mercy is thin. Mercy to the slums. Mercy for us all to repent. Free us for myself. Change our high life for real. We was lost, but you ain't forsaken. You took the cross just to save us, hey. Free my side of the trap, Free my side of the trap, nah, yeah. They trying to lock us up in prison. We the slaves, we the slaves. 13 of me, man, yeah. Side of the trap, Free my side of the trap, nah, yeah. They want to lock us up in prison. We the slaves, we the slaves. 13 of me, man, yeah. Abolition. You just heard Mark Charles talking about the exception clause, and that was followed by Reconciles, 13th Amendment. Uh, we show these artists as much love as we can on Abolition today, because a movement without music and poetry is not a movement. That's some mechanics. <laughs> uh, any comments uh, on what you just heard there? Um, yeah, I do want to go ahead, Josh. Do, do you want to throw one? Um, one of the things that I realized um, the, the last time I called in, um, when you guys were talking about like the human trafficking that occurs between Hawaii and Alaska, you know, it just hit me that even just that alone, just, just being able to keep incarcerated people, you know, people who have been duly convicted at home, I mean that just it blows my mind just how that one piece of that legislation alone could change everything in terms of recidivism in terms of people actually being able to you know get reintegrated back into society um having that family connection would just 
it, it means everything. They actually did a thing, and I, I can't remember where it was in Mexico, but they would allow children and wives in the prison quite a bit more, and they'd actually allow them to, like, stroll around, like, in the prison with them, and kids could be raised until the age of six in there, and they realized that when they did that, the, the crime rates actually dropped dramatically. And, I don't know, it, it just kind of, that thought just kind of pounded into my head out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that makes a huge difference. Family connections to the people uh, and recidivism rates are ridiculous. Uh, what are they? Seventy-five uh, percent for state and fifty percent for federal that you return. Uh, I've been saying it's reusable resources because I'm sure that's how they're looking at it when they plan ahead. Reusable resources. This thing connects everything, Josh, as you well know. Um, I oh, yeah. got a message that uh, oh, I think I let me see. You might be calling in. We got one, two hands up. So I'm just gonna go ahead and open your mics here. Uh, nine oh five four, you are on abolition today, and two three nine four, you are with us here on abolition today. Could you tell us uh, who you are? Hi, this is Representative Sandra Holland. All right, hey. Representative Sandra Hollers returns to abolition today out of Utah. I don't know if you've met Josh Bowden. Uh, he's also in Utah, but Sandra, Josh, Josh, Sandra. <laughs> Hello, Sandra. Hi. It's a pleasure. Yeah. You've got some uh, allies, Josh, as I said, man, and one of them is here right now today. Uh, she is the leader behind uh, removing the Utah's exceptions clause and working with a diverse group of uh, people on both sides of the fence in order to get it done. Because as Brother Dennis has said, slavery is not politics, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Exactly. I totally agree. Totally agree. It's not about politics. It's about right and wrong and doing what's morally right. Yeah, the slogan we're using in Nebraska is it's not a red or blue issue, it's a moral issue. Yes, absolutely. It's absolutely. There was one other line that I opened up. Uh, Your mic is open if you had something to say. I saw your hand was open uh, up, so I'll open your mic. I I think it might be me. Can you hear me? Yes, Jamelia Land. Welcome to Abolition Today. Uh, Jamelia Land calling out of California. Uh, she's one of the, the people leading the movement to remove California's exception for uh, for indentured servitude. Thank you. Um, thank you for having me. I'd like to say hello to everyone on the call, um, the other ASNN members. Hey, Melina. I'm over hey, here Jamelia. looking for you. It's good <laughs> to hear you. Hello, Representative Holland. Uh, Hi. I don't know if the brother Kamal has made it on or not yet, but I just wanted to uh, say hello to everyone. And um, uh, unfortunately, I'm going to have to chime out in a little bit because I've actually got a call that's going to be coming in from a platoon. But, um, you know, as we talk about uh, the loophole, um, something I want to touch on is uh, as we talk about the, the legalized slavery that has been created. Um, I, I, I think that we, we, we need to be a little clear in, in what it is exactly we're talking about and we're looking at. 
because <clears throat> slavery nor involuntary servitude were ever abolished. They were just, in fact, conditioned. Um, they were abolished pretty much in name um, in individual public practice, but they've been made legitimate for corporations through the different mechanisms of criminal convictions. Um, and, and as we talk about we talk about it being an industry, right? Um, the industry itself, we oftentimes don't realize how much it impacts our everyday lives or how intricately intertwined government is with private business, which is, in fact, the prison industry. And so I'm going to share just a tad bit with you here in California um, our prisons, uh, it's called CDCR, California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation, though there is actually no form of rehabilitation that's actually uh, occurring inside these facilities. Um, they pretty much have a monopoly on uh, certain economies here. Um, in 1983, uh, the Prison Industry Board was established, and it, is over, and it oversees the operations of CalPIA. CalPIA... Um, makes pretty much everything from license plates. I know, you know, we oftentimes hear about license plates being made um, inside of the prisons, uh, but they make everything. And what's interesting is that they make all of the office furniture that goes inside of the prisons, the juvenile detention centers, inside of the hospitals. Uh, they make the beds that go inside the prisons, inside the hospitals, inside the juvenile detention facilities. Um, they also they have a they have a board, and what I find interesting about the board is that the board uh, they set the general policy for Calpia. They oversee all of the performances of Calpia's existing industries. They determine which new industries they're going to establish, and they appoint and they monitor the the performance of the general manager. Now, here's what's interesting about this and how it's all intricately twined together. Um, the board is actually comprised of several different members. The secretary or the head of CDCR serves as a member and the chair of the, of the prison industry's board. So we've got basically uh, our top warden is also sitting as a member and a chair on this board. But then, then they hey, go Jamelia? a little bit deeper with it. Yes. Jamelia? I don't I don't want to interrupt you because you are dropping some serious knowledge, but our other guest, uh, presidential candidate Mark Charles, is here. You mind if I go ahead and bring him in now? No, no, no. Go right ahead. All right. Uh, your mic is open, ladies and gentlemen. We have with us today Mark Charles, markcharles2020.com. Uh, as I described earlier, our abolitionist candidate for president. Welcome to back to Abolition Today, Mark. Thank you very much. It's great to be back with you today. Awesome. You're in a room full of abolitionists right now. <laughs> you realize that, right? You got organizers <laughs> removing exception clauses. You got state representatives. You got congressional candidates. Yourself. We're all together. It's a historic moment, man, to hear this kind of conversation. This is a very good thing. You know, we've been um, working hard in our campaign to make sure that people know if we're going to reform our criminal justice system, we absolutely have to start with abolishing slavery. None of the other, none of the two candidates from the main parties want to touch that, and so we're 
we're pushing it as best we can with um, all of our announcements, all of our videos, all of our messaging. We're really trying to get this message out there. That's what we're here for today. It's like only two days left, man, you know, and we need Nebraska needs help on Amendment 1. Utah's got to pass with Amendment C. And Mark Charles is running for uh, president under an abolitionist platform. You heard me. You know, you don't have to vote for the father or the architect of mass incarceration. You don't have to vote for the man who's blatant racist. You can sleep at night knowing you voted your conscience and what's best for us. Mark, would you like to uh, join me on my rant about how we need to support you? Yeah, well, I mean, one of the main things we're trying to let people know is when you listen to both the parties, both the Democrats and the Republicans, neither one of them want to touch the foundations. After the lynching of George Floyd, um, Donald Trump came out and he suggested that we ban certain chokeholds. And Joe Biden suggested that we train officers to shoot people less lethally. He said, let's shoot them in the kneecaps instead of in the chest. Mm. Well, that's actually what happened with... uh, with um, Jacob Blake. He wasn't choked, nor was he shot lethally, but it was absolutely unjust. Neither of the two candidates are willing to deal with the root of the problem, which is that white supremacy and the institution of slavery has been constitutionally protected within our 13th Amendment. And so we are saying as a campaign, if we want to address this at a foundational level, Yes, eventually we're going to have to ban certain chokeholds. Yes, eventually we're going to have to retrain our officers. But the the most pressing thing that we have to do is we have to get this systemic white supremacy, this constitutional protection for slavery, out of our Constitution so that we can begin actually building just laws and, and building much better structures on top of it. Right now we're building bad structures on top of a very bad foundation. Well, we're with you 100%, as you know, and our audience is very well versed on the subject. As a matter of fact, we got another caller I want to bring in because you're here at a powwow with us today. It's, we're all abolitionists, and we're all active getting things done to make this change. So I want to bring in 6717. I see your hand is up. Who's on the line? 6717. Hey, Max, this is David Johnson in, in Austin from Grassroots Leadership and Texas Advocates for Justice. See, in Texas, is abolitionists are in Texas uh, getting it done. Absolutely. Wherever slavery is, wherever slavery is, abolitionists are. Word, yes. man. Uh, exactly. I would like to open up the, the, the phones, I mean, the lines, if anybody wants to ask a question of anyone here, uh, I want to give the opportunity because I know we all got something to say, and with Mark in the house, you might have a question or two or comment for him. So let's start with Melina. Uh, anything you want to add to this conversation at this point? I mean, if there are listeners in Nebraska, I would be remiss if I didn't remind you to vote for Amendment 1 um, <laughs> if you haven't already and help us spread the word. I actually do, listening to this conversation, um, have a question, and I I would welcome anyone to answer if they know. I wonder if Yusuf might know. But, you know, we're talking about, you know, like Senator Merkley and uh, Mr. Mark Charles right here on the call. 
we're talking about amending the 13th Amendment, and I wonder if, you know, we achieve that, which would be remarkable, right? What would happen then to our state constitutions that still permit slavery? Um, would they be, like, superseded by that amendment, or, or what would be the process there? Mark? I don't know exactly what would be the process. I mean, I, I think it, it's the same thing we have, right, with uh, the Roe versus Wade ruling, which is um, once you have a federal law, then I think the state laws need to come under that. And that those, those, of course, would be sorted out by the Supreme Court. I know, you know, we have Utah and we have uh, Nebraska who are trying to remove it from their state constitutions. Colorado has already removed it from their state constitution. Uh, one of the reasons I'm running for president is because I want to deal with this at the highest level possible. And so um, rather than trying to get the movement to do it at all of these individual state levels, I'm like, let's deal with it at the federal level and then allow it to flow down from there. Um, and so that's one of the reasons why I'm so adamant about this in my campaign is I think if we can if we can make this change, and this is a part of our 100-day plan. We have a 100-day plan for our campaign, our first 100 days in office. We want to abolish slavery and remove the racism, the sexism, and the white supremacy from the United States Constitution. I personally think that we can do both at the same time uh, and that it creates much more... Uh, energy for us because at some point we're going to need three quarters of the states on board in order to have this congressional convention or I, the last time you and I spoke here uh, on abolition today Mark you was telling me about how you could just rewrite the constitution but I wasn't quite sure about how to work that out um, I can save that question for later because I want to give everybody else a chance to say something so let's go to Representative Hollins uh, would you like to ask a question of anyone here or maybe of Mark or or just add something to the conversation at this point that you like to say, including vote amendment C in Utah? <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. You know, if anyone in Utah is listening, um, I want to strongly encourage you to vote for amendment C. You know, this has been a long journey since 2018 um, with getting this on the ballot and, ad and um, educating individuals about the importance of this passing, not only um, from the um, removing this language from Utah Constitution, but from other states' constitution, and with the end goal, one of the goals being to take to, to amend the Thirteenth Amendment. And so, um, as was said, this is a moral issue um, that we that we have, um, and it should have never been placed in the Constitution, especially um, in the state of Utah. It should have never been placed in the Constitution to begin with. Um, and so I'm looking forward for the, um, to the work, um, to this passing tomorrow night. This, is, this was a, um, an effort where I had strong support from the Republican Party, the Democratic Party, the faith-based community, and a whole lot of different other people in our community who all came together and said, yes, it's time for this to, to be removed. So I'm looking forward to this. I've had people ask, what, what is the next step? You know, and I said, well, first we got to get this out, and then once we get this out, we can start looking at and addressing other issues around those who are formerly incarcerated who are out and making sure that they have opportunities to support themselves and to support their family and fair housing 
um, and access to health care and all you know all of that that comes with being a citizen, um, but also in the in the in the uh, if they're incarcerated, making sure that they are when they are released that they are why in there that they are getting educated and that they are getting the skills and the life skills they need to be able to integrate back into our community. So looking forward to to Tuesday. Awesome, awesome. Thank you very much, uh, Representative Holland. Much appreciated. Brother Josh, uh, anything you want to point out or mention or ask at this uh, point in the conversation? Yeah, sure. Um, I I agree with uh, the idea that coming at the abolition of slavery from both ends, both the state level and the federal, is is a great tactic. I think that by building, you know, as much of a coalition as possible with federal um, candidates, with nationwide groups, with state level groups and everything like that. It just gives us that opportunity to basically build like a veritable army of abolitionists, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, And that's kind of the way I see it, you know, like whether, you know, we're doing peaceful protests in the streets, we're marching to the ballot box, things like that. You know, we're a peaceful army of abolitionists and we're going to make this happen you know, one way or another, and we're going to be coming at it from both directions like a pincer movement, you know. It's a classic military move. <laughs> <laughs> Amen to that. Brother Mark Charles, uh, you have a, like, you could virtually say these are your comrades, the people that get things done as you want them to get done, so to speak. Uh, <laughs> anything you want to say to them, you know, because you're running for, for president, <clears throat> and, I mean, lightning can strike, and you could get this. <laughs> it's possible. This is 2020. Yeah, you know, this morning I I was uh I I did I, every morning I do a live stream called my second cup of coffee where I sit down and while I drink my second cup of coffee I talk a little more in depth about some of my platform or some policies I'm for. And one of our one of our main objectives is we have this first 100 days plan where we not only want to abolish slavery, but we want to take the racist, the sexist and the white supremacist language out of the constitution. There are 51 gender-specific male pronouns in the Constitution. There's the, the, the language that counts African people as three-fifths. There's language specifically excluding natives, specifically excluding African people, littered throughout the Constitution, and we want to remove all those things. And one of the ways I think we can do that is, A, I love seeing the synergy that we have right now. It's fantastic. You know, and actually, I, when I campaigned in Colorado on a virtual live stream a few weeks ago, I said to them, um, there's one, there's one ballot I'm on, um, on the ballot, and that's in Colorado. In 29 other states, I'm a write-in candidate, but I'm on the ballot in Colorado. And I said it makes sense I'm on the ballot there because they already have done some of the stuff I'm advocating for. I'm advocating to abolish slavery. They've already done that. I'm advocating to to tell the the honest truth about our history, especially with genocide against Native peoples. Colorado's already done that. Then we have Nebraska, and we have um, uh, Utah that are actively working, and I love to hear about the people who are working to try to get that language out of our state constitutions because we absolutely need to remove it. One of the things I said this morning on my second cup of coffee is the way I think we get this passed is what I would love to do if I win. And at my inauguration, I want to actually call for a reading of the Constitution. And I would love to see the Constitution being read, not just in front of our nation, but in front of the globe. Because when you read the Constitution out loud, especially in a diverse group of people, 
the exclusive language, the racist and the sexist and the white supremacist language that's littered throughout the Constitution absolutely stands out. And it becomes appalling as you read it out loud. And so I would love to have us read the Constitution out loud so not only our nation but the globe can hear how exclusive it is. And I think once we get that language out there and people can see it and they hear it out in the public, that's going to go a long way to persuading people how imperative it is that we get language like this removed from our founding documents so we can actually begin to build on a much more just foundation. Amen. Uh, you're listening to Abolition today. That was Mark Charles speaking, uh, MarkCharles2020.com. Make sure you show some support. Mark, we want to keep you around as long as possible. Like I said, this is a big powwow. Some of the leaders all across America in this movement are here right now. And I've got three more of them on the line. I'm going to bring them in one at a time. Just tell us who you are, and uh, I'll do a quick intro of you after that, and then we'll we'll start asking more questions or having more conversations. So we'll start with 6543. 6543, you're on Abolition today. Who is this? This is Feebo. Brother Dennis Feebo out of New Jersey in the Amend the 13th Movement in New Jersey. Uh, they have set precedents uh, for people that aren't aware, and the way they did that is by discovering that you don't just have to take legislation out that's already in. You can put in anti-slavery legislation to make it very clear that slavery is not allowed, and that's what they're doing in New Jersey. Word, Fibo. Uh I'm going to bring in the next one. We got 9535. Welcome to Abolition Today. Who's speaking? Alabama in the house. Sounds like it's our brothers from Free Alabama. Yeah, your, your line is open if you got something to say. Who, who's speaking? All right, well, I'll leave it there. You'll get in when you want to get in. Uh, the next one is 7551. Your line is open. You're on Abolition Today. Who are we speaking with? This is Brother Mikael, the Free Alabama Brother movement. Mikael. Hey, <laughs> peace, peace brother, peace. Uh, Brother Mikael is one of many soldiers from the inside working so hard to get things done. Um, that's the, I think that's the last of the lines I needed to open. So let's just go ahead and start like that. Brother Mikael, you was about to say something. I know you want to add to this conversation, so go ahead and do that, and then we'll go to yes, Brother Mikael next. Yes, sir. I, I'm honored to be in y'all presence, and I just wanted to uh, point out uh, the significance of what this gathering represents because as mm-hmm. Max said 10 years ago you couldn't have this conversation and it was actually in the introduction to Michelle Alexander's book The New Jim Crow that she stated that she wrote this book not just for people like me to be able to articulate our struggle but for people like <clears throat> you and her to actually perform these functions in the legislature for uh, congressional candidates uh, representatives, uh, presidential candidates, to actually uh, crystallize the idea that was in the back of you guys' heads that something was wrong with this system, that this was a caste system. So this is all new as far as being on an open forum and in the, in, the, in the limelight of American society, and all of you represent this struggle and the sacrifice of bringing this to fruition 
And I'm just honored, man, and I wanted to just thank you all for your struggle and your sacrifice and let you know that it's not in vain. Your people are with you. We awake. We hear you. And we're behind you. Thank you very much, man. Thank you, uh, Dr. Mikael. For those that don't know, he's one of our comrades who are actually incarcerated right now. He's calling from behind bars to be able to let us know that they can speak for themselves, and here's what they think of what we're doing. The brothers behind bars are with us on this all across the country. Brother Dennis Febo, I know you want to add to this conversation. Yeah, peace, family. I just wanted to add on speaking on the strategy that as the abolitionist movement, keep in mind and consider the international political stage, uh, understanding that slavery is abolished in all of its forms, and because the United States doesn't necessarily participate or play uh, friends with, at the UN, we still have the ability to call on, and that's something that's been big for the New Jersey movement, is continuously highlighting the fact that this is a human rights issue. Uh, what would that look like legally on the international scale? What kind of international support can we get denouncing any kind of slave practices in the United States? Um, that and just anything that anybody could do to shout out Jersey and support that we're still on the table. Uh, we still have three more votes to go before it hits the ballot. Uh, and if so, what I'm referencing for the uh, legal approach is that we also have an understanding that once this hits the table that we're going to have to go to court, what would it look like for each state to have a, uh, someone, whether it be a human rights or civil rights lawyer, at the table to form a, you know, a, a good ad hoc committee of lawyers that could come together and help argue what, how the state could defend once we pass the 13th, amending the 13th Amendment. Awesome, man. That's a, that's a good point. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point, Dennis. Uh, Brother Mikhail, uh, we have a presidential candidate on the line. I'm wondering if there was yes. any question that you'd love to pose towards him. Me personally, the first thing I was thinking, and I don't know how this is, but this is my first time hearing about Mark Charles. I would have been pushing him. I would have been trying to get him out there. So, uh, you know, I don't know how we missed this in Alabama, but Man, we this I I I'm I applaud you, brother. I'm behind you, and you know I'm with uh with Max. I hope lightning strike tomorrow, but uh <laughs> we definitely need to get behind supporting our own people who represent our uh ideals and our situation and and, and struggle. So we, we we voting for the lesser of two evils right now. You know when you're talking about this uh Democratic and Republican thing. And uh, I mean, personally, man, I would have loved to have put all of my people's support behind Mark Charles, and I'm still going to try in these two days. So as soon as I get off the line with you guys, I'm going, I'm going to work. Well, That's why well, we tell them to out the abolition today. <laughs> Go ahead, Mark. Well, hold on, Max. Mark wants to say something. Brother McCullough, I want you to know what an honor it is to talk with you. And um, I am very grateful that you've learned about my campaign. Uh, we are pushing forward with everything we have up until November 3rd because we've been shut out of so many mass media markets that we're doing everything we can to get the word out. And one of the things I want to say about this is, you know, we're talking about um, removing that clause from the 13th Amendment, which is what keeps slavery legal within our criminal justice system. But I, I published a book about two and a half years ago, or about a year ago. It's called Unsettling Truth the ongoing dehumanizing legacy of the doctrine of discovery. 
And there are two other things I just want to add into this conversation. The first is, if we look at, we see how slavery is constitutionally protected in the 13th Amendment. But if you read the 14th Amendment, Section 2 of the 14th Amendment actually keeps the criminal justice system as the gatekeeper for civil rights. And it says that... um, that the that the criminal justice system is what uh, is what keeps the gate the gate for civil rights within our country, and the second thing is is I have a I have two chapters in my book that do a a deconstruction of the mythological legacy of Abraham Lincoln, and it the Thirteenth Amendment that keeps slavery legal in prison was absolutely one of the goals of Abraham Lincoln. He was one of the most white supremacist presidents in our nation's history, as well as one of the most genocidal. And I would actually argue the reason he is held in such high esteem, the reason he is looked to by every other politician as some model, is because he actually found a way to keep white supremacy institutionalized even after he got rid of the institution of chattel slavery. And that's where he just redefined and codified the institution into the criminal justice system. And so not only do we have to abolish slavery, we have to deconstruct the legacy of Abraham Lincoln so that our nation doesn't celebrate this man who Mm -hmm. actually did some very abhorrent things to people of color that are still being used today. Absolutely, Mark. Uh, And for those who missed it, Mark, we actually had an entire episode with Mark on. It was the June 21st episode. It was uh, episode 15, introducing the illusionist president, uh, presidential candidate Mark Charles, where he just – what he was just speaking of, he broke it down thoroughly in that episode, so I encourage everyone to go listen to that. We actually added another caller to the line. Uh, caller, we have so many calls on the line, and I'm thankful for that. Uh, ending in 5895, you're on Abolition Today. Who's on the line with us? Hi, it's Katie Cyberly calling. Hello, Mark. Hello. Um, I Hi, I'm with the Mark Charles campaign. I actually have been campaigning, helping with the campaign on a social media level, and I'm also an editor for incarcerated um, uh, black male authors. So I have kind of the inside scoop on on that portion of it, and once I heard Mark's announcement, of course, um, I was there, and I voted on Friday for him and and, uh, Adrian. Anyway, what I wanted to give a shout-out to you. Can I excuse you for one second? Yeah. Uh, whatever you're listening to in the background is creating a tremendous feedback. Oh, I don't have anything no, on in the background. Let me try that. Please be mindful of your phone. Yeah. Your phone's guys. I'm not we listening to anything. On. All right, let's try it again. Uh, hopefully they heard us. There we go. Sorry about oh, that. Oh, there. Yeah. So okay, I can you say your name again? I'm Quady Cyberly, and I work. How, is, did you hear anything that I said? There we go. Uh, most of it, yes. Oh, there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, can you anyway, say your name again? I'm Quady Cyberly. You're actually hearing an echo. Yeah, and I don't have anything on in the background. No computer or anything, now. so I don't Whoever know. Was doing it real okay. Live, so it sounds clear. I'm sorry again. 
Okay, that's all right. Um, I, I heard the fellow that was online who is currently incarcerated, and he was saying that he wished he had heard about Mark Charles sooner. And I just wanted to, first of all, give a shout-out to all the campaign workers who have been working tirelessly to move this campaign forward and get the word out there. And, and, and like Mark was saying, that we've been suppressed by social media and other avenues in getting the word out there. So in any way that, that even like the incarcerated folks can get that message out to their family and friends who are on the outside who can vote and also um, help on social media, whether it's sharing Mark's information on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We've had a lot of action on Twitter, so we would appreciate any help at all through social media to get the word out there. Most certainly we'll do that to the best of our abilities. Uh, Make sure to our listeners, you can always find everything we're talking about at Abolition Today on our Facebook page. We usually put it up as we're talking about it, so you have that available to you right there. And the brothers on the inside that you were just addressing, that's one of their core things is to organize their family and friends, just a small percentage of them, to be able to vote the interest mm-hmm. that they collectively decide of best. So you still got a couple of days, and they heard you. You know what I mean? Yes, yes, great. That's yeah. wonderful. We're... I'll see you at the inauguration, Mark. <laughs> Thank I'll you. The same way. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you for calling in. We have so many callers on the line. So, uh, who haven't we heard from in a while? Uh, six, um, seven, one second. I don't recall who that is. Hey, everybody. Yeah, this Eric. is David. This is David What's Johnson from Gra- Yeah, from Texas Advocates for Justice and Grassroots Leadership in uh, Austin, Texas. Yeah, yeah. Yes, the conversation, brother. Uh, what would you like to say or contribute to ask? You know, I, you know, I, Max, remember the first time you and I spoke at FIBO was on the call to it. I think I told you that, you know, everybody's either seen 13th or read the new Jim Crow, or they pretended that they've seen 13th or <laughs> that they read the new Jim Crow. <laughs> You know, let's call let's call it like it is is. You know what I'm saying? And and the fact that there was this that there was this mo- this pop culture moment where all of a sudden everybody was outraged, and then they went to sleep. Mm-hmm. And in and and in Texas, I'm going to tell you, you know, like I know white like white supremacy is 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 woven into the 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 fabric of of this nation. But but you know it shows up in some it shows up in unique ways in each different state hell in, in different cities in different states and in Texas white supremacy shows up in a pistol packing boot wearing hat <laughs> no and I and I mean this and I, and I mean this when you when you like like the way just the the culture and the we don't need the United States and we're our own and and we do our own thing and and we're going to we're going to celebrate the Texas Rangers who were racist and and were and were killing indigenous folks and, and and from from all 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 over this continent right and and they're going and they're going to celebrate the folks at the Alamo who were killing black and indigenous folks from day 1 you know what i'm saying and and i remember you asked me why, why i was why I got what what brought me into this this pursuit of abolition, you know, specifically of slavery. And I remember I told you 
that I remember what it's like to to get 14 days in 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 uh, solitary and get 45 good time and 45 work time and 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 45 days of a uh, commissary restriction for refusing to work in those hot fields. I remember working in those hot fields and and passing out and waking up to a case. You know what I'm saying? And and to think that we 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 speak about abolition today and you know we have all of these criminal justice reformers who are trying to see which who see or not even trying but they see which way the wind blows now and are and are suddenly <laughs> becoming suddenly they're suddenly abolitionists. You know, we saw I, I, we saw that locally where where all of a sudden because it was the it, it was the it was what the culture was pushing. All of a sudden, there were other orgs joining us and saying defund APD here in Austin. People like orgs and people who up until that point were tra- were, were were patting were patting people on the back for doing a decent job. You know, internalized depression is a son of a gun. But you know what? One of the things I want to really lift up in talking about abolishing slavery is the need to identify that this carceral state that we talk about is it includes the immigration system. And 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 as a black man who's who 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 was born here and has never had to worry about that issue, I really want to always lift that up because organizationally at grassroots leadership we we see it as one criminal legal system. And so I always want to make sure that when we're talking about this we're we're not just we're we're seeing how that that chain of slavery has been tossed around like a wild weapon and tagged everyone at this point. And I need everyone here in Texas to to comment and to call all of their local reps because Be Frank for Justice and Texas Advocates for Justice and Grassroots Leadership, we are right now, we have put language out to different legislators and we're trying to get them to pick it up and file it and pre-bill. And pre-bill deadline is shortly after the election, and we all know that we don't know what November 4th is going to look like. So I need everybody who hears this and is in Texas to reach out to their state representative or their state senator and let them know that they want slavery abolished so that they remember, oh, yeah, that's right, that language came in. I think we need to look at that because people don't, people don't move unless they get moved to move. You know what I'm saying? Yes, I know exactly what you're saying. And just to add on to that, I would like to say you don't have to live in the state if you know somebody. This is social media. Reach out to your friends anyway. They might know somebody. Absolutely. Every no, one of absolutely. you could use that. Uh, so just share today's show is one way you could do it, you know. Go to MarkCharles.com and, and, and 2020.com and support by sharing the link and telling them what you thought, what you heard on this program and what you already know. Uh, same thing for Utah, Nebraska. Uh, as a matter of fact, Melina, what is the website for uh, Nebraska, if you're still on the line? Yeah, I'm here. Um, it's www.endslaverynee.org. We'll put that on the page. Max, as can well. I please point out something very important? Uh, yes. All right, the brother was speaking about Michelle Alexander, and I just wanted to point this out. And he said people don't move unless they're moved to move, like you said about the music. Okay, that's what that book did for me. And when I read it, I was ecstatic. And when I read it, and I, I immediately ordered more copies and started a uh, teaching program with that book so we could articulate our struggle. 
I was put in lockup with no charge for the peace and tranquility of the facility because my actions could at any time lead to a major inmate disturbance. That's what the paper said on the outside of my uh, my lockup cell for teaching the new Jim Crow uh, by Michelle Alexander. And that book is now outlawed in the state of Alabama. We cannot get that book in this facility. I just wanted to share that. Wow. Uh, is Mark, Mark, are you still here with us? Yeah, I am. I have another interview I have to get to in a few minutes, so I got to get going pretty soon, but I am still here for a moment. Would you like to make some closing statements then? Yeah, I just want to thank everybody who's on this call. I want to thank everybody who's doing work all across the country. This is a national problem, a national crisis, and we absolutely need to deal with it at every level possible. We have to deal with it at a local level. We have to deal with it at a state level, and we have to deal with it at a federal level. And so for all the people who are working, whether it's within the incarceration system themselves, whether it's trying to get their state amendment, the state constitutions amended, amended or whether they're trying to do something at a federal level, um, it's great to see this type of energy come together. And uh, I want people to know that there are, there are 30 states where you can vote for us. Um, we're a write-in candidate in 29 states. We're on the ballot in uh, the state of Colorado. You can write us in in the state of Alabama, and so we are official write-in candidate in the state of Alabama. If you go to our website at markcharles2020.com and go to the, the link for Mark the Ballot, you'll see a list of all the states where you can vote for us. We actually have access to 302 votes in the Electoral College which is more than the 270 that's needed mm. to get elected. So we are a viable candidate. We are a viable option in this campaign, and we are pushing forward with everything we have through November 3rd. So uh, thank you so much for having me on. Thank you for allowing me to join this great conversation and to be around some of these very inspiring people. Um, I'm excited to hear it, to see what happens in Utah and in Nebraska. And uh, I'm, I am definitely energized about this, and I look forward to being in touch with you some more. Thank you so much, Mark. Uh, we got you back as best we can. Mm-hmm. Hey, brother Matt. Yes. Um, I didn't. I wanted to ask, and I don't know if he's gone or not. Um, as far as voting rights for people who are incarcerated, I didn't know what his party's um, position was on that particular issue. Do you have something on that, or do you? Or, is anyone is anyone able to comment on to what that position will be? For my campaign, Mark, this is my yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm absolutely in favor of allowing voting rights for for people who are incarcerated, including people who have felonies. This is and this okay. is where, if you look at the Fourteenth Amendment, that's where actually they address some of the voting right issues is in the Fourteenth Amendment, and that's why we have to address it there too. The criminal the criminal justice system should not be the gatekeeper for civil rights, um, and so I absolutely believe that if you are incarcerated, even if you have a felony, you still should have the right to vote. That is a fundamental right of being an American citizen. Okay, so how do people on the inside like? How do we connect with you, your party, your campaign? Uh, obviously, we're getting a late heads up on what you got going on, but like moving forward, how do we integrate what you all are doing um, directly inside of the prisons? And, and, and what are some of the things that y'all already have going on as far as outreach or inreach directly into the, 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 the citizenry who's incarcerated? Yeah, so I'm an independent candidate, which means I'm not connected to any specific party. And uh, 
I've, I've been running for, I announced my campaign in May of 2019, so we've been going for about 18 months now. Um, but uh, we have definitely started what seems to be a, a movement of people. Um, and I am, I am very, very energized. I'm pushing forward with everything I have to get through November 3rd and see what happens in this election. If we don't reach our goals in this election, we are definitely going to be looking forward to what do we do next and what's the best way to move this forward um, into, the, into the coming years. So I can't give you specifics as to what's going to be happening on November 4th, but uh, there's definitely some energy going on here, and there is um, a lot of people who are interested. And, and my, my thing, that what my campaign is about, is I want to do something that our founding fathers didn't have the vision to do, Abraham Lincoln didn't have the courage to do, even the civil rights movement didn't quite get us there, which is I want to build a nation where for the very first time, we mm-hmm. the people actually means all the people. This is why we don't just want to abolish slavery. I want to honor treaties with Native nations, and I want to remove the racism, the sexism, and the white supremacy that are written into our Constitution. I want to absolutely deal with the foundations of our nation, which is where these things are rooted, so that, again, we the people can actually mean all the people. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate you, brother. Thank uh, Thank you very much. I'm sorry I have to get running. I have another interview I have to jump on right now, but it's great to talk with all of you. My website is markcharles2020.com, and I invite you to look it up there. We have some great videos online and everything else. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you, Mark. Take care, everybody. Yes. You too, Mark. And while, we, uh, while we're on the topic of those incarcerated voting, uh, if Jamelia is still on the line, I'm not really sure if she's still on the line, but I know they have Proposition 17 on the ballot this coming Tuesday. Jamelia, are you still with us? Okay, so she's no longer with us. I was hoping she got to uh, give us an give us some back more background. I think background she didn't mention it earlier. Yeah, because you asked her earlier and when she first came in, she I think she was talking about it. So we do have that as well as Amendment 4 in Alabama which is removing racist language from the Constitution there. So it's a lot happening all across the country, man. Uh, Nebraska, Utah. Make sure you got that uh, right off the bat. Those are the two priorities. So share that those websites that we have provided for you at Abolition Today. Um, get those out there to people to vote. MarkCharles2020.com. Get that information out there to vote. I got a couple of voices who barely said anything, and I do want to give everybody a chance to join this conversation. So, Brother Dennis Febo, man, you know how much I love you, man. Are you still there? All right, brother. I'm here. Sorry. Right. Okay. Go ahead and join this conversation, man. We in no way in hell we're not gonna hear from Bebo. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I, I'm I'm super excited to see like how organic everybody came together. Um kindred spirits. Um I've really appreciated this process because I've gotten to meet all of you and learn so much. Um, and it kind of brings a light into the struggle because, you know, for those of us on, in the trenches, sometimes it feels like we're alone. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it feels like people are not listening. Um, 
and we must always hold strong and the fact that we have each other and that the movement will continue to grow regardless of political stance, regardless of what party or what field you're in. You know, at the end of the day, we're arguing about humanity, about spirit, about love, about the things that we know exist for us on this earth as spiritual beings having human experiences um, that we must always hold it in our heart to shine that light on others regardless of reaction that movement will not always look the way we want it to look so we must hold strong as warriors to do so but that being said much love much i chair to everybody and the struggle continues amen you you got the point today man today was about inspiration and bringing light to these ballot initiatives that are happening right now and showing just how many dedicated people are about it, about it right now, all across this country. I know we feel alone. I know Melina feels alone. And sometimes Dennis and myself and Mark and so many others, we all feel alone, but we're not. And the truth is that type of thing where it comes to people naturally once they're exposed to it. They understand it. And we all come to the same conclusions. Like you said, we're meeting each other from all over. And it's not just here in America, but we're also in communication with people uh, in other nations that we've had discussions with the Queen of Benin, Dennis and myself and Kamal and the others, you know. So this thing is definitely going to happen. So for those who didn't have it, have hope. <laughs> have some hope. We're working <laughs> on it. Uh, oh, so Jamila hey, says she's on the line about. Go ahead. This is Savannah. Can you hear me? Yes. Welcome to Abolition Today. Hey, Savannah Eldridge. Uh, she's hey, with everybody. Out in Texas, so, another one of the organizers been, that are putting it together. I've been so inspired just listening to everyone um, on the other end of this call. Um, Melina, like, uh, she's a rock star, and uh, I uh-huh. I know the feeling, right? Uh, just feeling like you're doing it alone. But I I just want to remind everybody that like in this work, I actually found out that I wasn't alone, right? But it See? it was getting started, right? It was getting started that actually helped me realize that. And and I found out that David was doing the work along the way. And we actually happened to be colleagues already. So that was just kind of the icing on the cake, right? Um, so I'm just inspired listening to everyone. Um, I'm blessed to have met everyone in this work and um, I'm just ready to see all the great things that are going to come out of this uh, intensive labor, right, that we're doing for, like, no better cause than um, for human rights. Thank you, Savannah. Indeed. Um, yeah, all across the country. Imagine if the people that are on the phone and we're on the phone tonight, we're just in the room together working out some issues. We can get anything we want to get done, done. And that's what it's about. And that's why we have the Abolish Slavery National Network now, so that we can come together and really, uh, be, rather than being strands working independently, we can be that rope that is as strong as steel that gets it done. So let me see, is uh, Representative Holland still on? I believe so. Representative Holland? Sandra, are you still with us? Oh, I see the 801 number. Is that, is Josh, are you still here? Yeah, I'm still here. All right, Josh. Okay, so... 
we passing the mic to you, I guess, right? You said, Josh, yeah. Josh, you had a you had a lot of time to listen, and for those who may have joined us late, Josh Bouton is in the uh, first congressional district of Utah, and he's going to be running for U.S. Congress in 2022, and so he's been here listening. So how you feel, Josh? I am feeling amazing right now. I I didn't realize just how many uh, you know big movements are going on in all of these states. You know, I I've been so focused on Utah and you know the Thirteenth Amendment that just hearing this coming from Texas and Alabama and all all of these states is just it's blowing my mind and I love this and you know just I, I just want to keep reiterating you know for Utah I, Amendment C you know we've got until Tuesday to do this. And I, you know, I think we're going to do it. I think we're going to see Amendment C pass as a landslide. I think once people actually see it and hear about it, they realize, holy crap, this is in our Constitution. You know, everybody knows about the U.S. Constitution. Very few people read their state Constitution. So once they're exposed to this, it's like, dear God, what have we been doing? (laughs) So I think we're going to do it. I know it. (laughs) We got this, man. Uh, our ancestors are shining down their, their spirits on us right now. The Most High has his hands on us because that's why we're here. Without the help of, uh, and the grace of something larger than ourselves, we wouldn't even be here. So mm-hmm. whatever you believe in, faith, whatever you want to call it, look around you right now to the voices you're hearing from all over the country. You're not alone, and we're getting this thing done, and it's worthy uh, indeed. So I, I'm going to go ahead and uh, use some, uh, anything you want to add to this because we're coming up on the 8.30 mark, and I think 8.30 will play a, a track uh, that we have, and then we're going to get into our final segments. So I would want to give a chance to as many people to say last things they want to say before we get into those as possible. No, I'm good because we're short on time, and so we want to get as much in as possible. All right. Well, let's uh, let's. I'm gonna go by numbers, okay? And just down the line in no particular order. Nine five three two. Who 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 is that? Melina in Nebraska. Melina, okay. Melina, you want to leave us with any closing words before we finish this historic, magical night, man? Yeah. I mean, I hearing Mark Charles speak about deconstructing the myth of Abe Lincoln reminded me that one of the big um, obstacles I've had to overcome here in Nebraska is misinformation about our history as a country and in particular as a state, because we're taught in school that, you know, we had free states and slave states and Nebraska was on the good side, right? And that just isn't the case. Um, Not only did we have slavery in this state but after that we had convict leasing up until the middle of the last century and so I've you know when I tell people I want to eliminate slavery in Nebraska I get a lot of shocked and confused faces Um, and we just really need to be vocal about um, educating voters on this issue so I'd say that I'd remind people to vote for Amendment 1 in Nebraska, and I'm just so grateful and honored to be a part of this conversation and this movement. Thank you so much, Melina. We we don't want you to leave. If you, got, if you have to, we understand. We still got some showtime left, some things that we want to share with our audience, but we're coming to the end of the conversational part. So I'm 
going to keep going down the line, giving everybody a chance to say what they want to say before we finish off with our final segments. And if you want to continue listening with us, we would really be honored to know that you are here. Uh, next is 6717. 6717? Yeah, this is David again in Austin from Grassroots Leadership. <laughs> but, you know, in closing, I, I guess what I would like to say is it, it over – it overwhelms me with joy and a sense of being truly connected, like truly tapped into a, to a inexhaustible power source to be connected with all of you right now. And on, on this, on the show, I, I thank you so much, Max, for inviting me to participate because you know, every time I, it seems every time we have a conversation, I walk away being better equipped and better prepared to play my part in tearing this down. So I just want to thank you for this opportunity. Appreciate that, Brother David. Uh, Texas in the house, man. Uh, we're going to be putting together a mm-hmm. meeting with state representatives and organizers on the 17th of November. We'll get you those details as soon as possible. Uh, we go to the next caller. It's 9535, 9535 Alabama in the house. Any final comments? This is actually Savannah. Hey, Matt. Oh, Savannah. I'm sorry. Hey. <laughs> Savannah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's Savannah. Um, I just wanted to close uh, just by saying that, like, again, like, I'm so grateful for everyone on this call. Um, in Texas, we did have our rally. Um, I didn't really get to get on the show to speak about it, but um, I strategically held the rally in Fort Bend <laughs> County um, in Texas because they have a cemetery there. Um, where 95, the bodies of 95 uh, former, um, you know, convict police prisoners are buried there, um, and it is owned by a school board. Um, so what better way to kick off um, the amendment to the 13th um, mm-hmm. by asking the citizens that live there to abolish slavery, where they're allowing a school board to oversee or supposedly oversee a cemetery. Um, and so it's, we've received a lot of um, positive feedback and support from legislators. So, um, again, I just want to point that out, that, like, this is a strategic fight. Like, we have to be very, like, resourceful and organized how we're going to address this because there's so much opposition, like, and so much resistance. Um, but I just thank you guys for your endless, like, resources and knowledge because it's helped me so much. Well, we appreciate you being here, and I got to say, you know, we haven't known each other that long, but there's some things I can say about you. You are dedicated. You are committed. You are sincere. uh, You get the work done. When you make up your mind, you make up your mind. You know what I mean? And I love it all. (laughs) So if y'all don't know Savannah Eldridge, you better get to know her because you should have her on your side. Better to have her against you. (laughs) All right. I'm going to go down. I'm going to keep going down to the next one. That would be 5911. 5911. Any final uh, comments for the evening? Uh, so, good evening again, everyone. This is Jamelia. Please pardon me. Um, uh, I've got my husband on the line, um, and so I was, I was talking with him. But uh, real quick, I just want to say that um, right now here in California, we have Proposition 17. On the November 3rd ballot, uh, Proposition 17 will, uh, once passed, reinstate the rights of 
formerly incarcerated individuals to be able to vote. Um, currently, we have about 50,000 people in the state of California who have been disenfranchised due to criminal convictions. Um, and so that is kind of my last little spiel for the evening. If you are in California and you are a registered voter, I'm asking you to please vote yes on Proposition 17. Um, and if you are not, please share it with, you know, with your friends, your family, your community, uh, because that is an, an important step in uh, the next moves that we make as we seek to uh, remove involuntary servitude and slavery from not only the United States Constitution, but each individual state's constitutions that hold this type of language, uh, we need to be able to have those members of our society and our community uh, be able to vote when we get these things on the ballot. So that is it. You all have an amazing night. It has been a great day. Um, I'm taking Thank that off you, Julia. Thank you. Yes, vote Proposition 17 in California. Uh, disenfranchisement, systemic disenfranchisement is a huge part of the slavery process. We've got to end that. They should have never lost the rights to begin with. Uh, thank you, Jamelia. Another sister that's so dedicated and committed. She says she's going to get it done. She's going to get it done. Shout out to Brother David in there as well. All right. Let me keep it moving down the line. Uh, 7095, 7095. Oh, yeah, that's Josh here. Um, Brother Josh. Yeah, the, the, in closing, I would just like to add that, you know, on top of just feeling really happy and energetic and all this, I just, I actually feel like a really strong sense of hope that I haven't, uh, I don't know, I, I go back and forth sometimes with feeling like strong amounts of hope. And, you know, tonight's conversation definitely brought me back into that range. So, you know, it's it just a huge shout out to everybody who's been on the call tonight, everybody who's out there that's been working hard to make abolition happen. You know, growing up in elementary school, middle school, and high school, we kept getting fed that line that, oh, we beat slavery and America's the land of the free, but we keep proving ourselves wrong on that. And I think this year we're going to start proving ourselves right. You know, we can do this. Thank you so much, Josh. Uh, Josh Bowden for Congress.com. Uh, uh, make sure you show your support. And uh, I'm glad to know that you feel like that hope, because that's what I wanted to do tonight, was give us hope. You know, we're only two days from the election. We're, we're already making history just doing what we're doing right now. This conversation is historic. But we're about to get some serious wins under our belts. And the momentum is going to be unstoppable. This is an idea whose time has come. It's a truth. You don't get a lot of truths in your life. This is one. So we are going to stand on our truth and get it done for freedom's sake. So thank you, Josh. Appreciate you calling in. We look forward to speaking to all of you uh, in the future. We'll definitely be working together for sure. Any final comments from you regarding our guests here tonight before we go into this track and then do our final segments? Yusuf? Uh, I think we have one more call in it. We one more? give the opportunity All right, to pull it in. Yeah, pull five it, eight, pull eight, five eight, uh, five eight nine five. Hi, can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, that was an echo last time. So this is Quady Cyberly again, and I oh, work Quady, with the Mark Charles you. campaign. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm so excited too because you know we're a small campaign and. This, too, you know, I share the sentiment with everyone else. It's just so nice to hear that there are other people out there who are involved in, in this type of work. And, and I don't know if you caught last time that I'm an editor for Incarcerated 
uh, male black authors. And so I hear a lot, um, I hear the cries a lot. And it's so, I like the, the, um, someone just said that we've got this momentum going and we see, we feel it too. We feel that it's going to keep moving, pushing forward. And there's a huge population of incarcerated folks out there that, um, so many things need to change. I mean, I could just go on and on about that. But um, uh, again, thank you for for bringing Mark in, and and thank you to everyone else for being a part of this great, great happening. I, I I'm anxious for the results. Well, thank you for coming. Uh, to give you contact information, I mean, we have several uh, incarcerated people, persons on the on the line, and or family members. Of incarcerated. Yeah, I um I put um in the comments section I put up all of Mark's information all right. too, all of the links, so those are available there. There you go. In the comment sections at okay. abolitiontoday.org yeah. for our mm-hmm. most recent program. So just check it right there for the information. All right. So what I want to play is you know tonight's theme. We were going to talk about the black codes in the third age of slavery and. Uh, Yusuf broke down why we say third age of slavery, uh, but we're going to listen to Professor Eric Foner of Columbia University, right out there where Yusuf's at right now, and he's going to discuss those black codes, and then that's going to be followed by the song Black Codes by J.P. Reynolds. You're listening to Abolition Today. We'll be right back after this. Abolition Abolition. Today. In 1865 and early 1866, these new governments in the South, all white governments created by Andrew Johnson, you know, going to have to deal with the situation of the former slaves. What is their status going to be? What rights are they going to have? And so they passed these laws to regulate the conditions of the former slaves. So the black codes are really an attempt to use the power of the government to get the plantation system going again. Not as slave labor, that's gone, but as forced labor, where blacks would be paid some minimal wage, but they would have no alternative but to go to work for white employers. They don't go into effect. In fact, in early 1866, Congress passes the Civil Rights Law, which actually says that all laws must apply equally to all citizens. And that abrogates all these black codes, because they're only for blacks. But they're important as a sign of what the white South has in mind for blacks, unless the federal government comes in and protects them. Now, they give them some rights. They're no longer slaves. They can't be bought and sold. Their marriages are now going to be legally recognized, as they weren't under slavery. They can own property in some states. Actually, Mississippi barred them from owning land. But that's it. They had no right to vote. They had no right to serve on juries. They had no right to testify in court in cases involving white people. They could not own guns the way white people could. And most importantly, they had to go to work for white people. They had to sign year-long labor contracts with a white employer. Otherwise, they would be called vagrants, arrested, fined. And if they couldn't pay the fine, they'd be auctioned off to some white person who could pay the fine. So in other words, a black guy would land working for himself. That's illegal. You've got to work for a white employer. He'd be arrested as a vagrant and sold to a white employer, basically. They couldn't go to work for themselves. They couldn't follow a trade, something like that. That's why Mississippi barred them from even owning land, so that they had no alternative but to work for white planters. So the black codes are a very, very restrictive idea of what freedom really would mean for these former slaves. 
Black codes, code switching, it's a cold world Survival spirit and it got me feeling so thorough But Lord knows We ain't slowing down, my people got somewhere to go And Lord knows, we wanna be free Let me holler at you about this target on my back Could it be paranoia? Confronted death a couple times, I'm feeling ready for ya Angels flying over me, hey, how was heaven for ya? I know a lot of Englishes, I swear it isn't normal One for the papers that they write up in the ivory tower One for my people, let it shine, you know we got the power I was in the field, fine flowing what we wanna be Monsters come along, said they could trample what me underneath Road goes towards the sun, I'm overcoming wonderfully The light be touching me to tell me, tell your people come and see Yeah, so come and see, you know we will it don't matter what the evil throw, we glow up still. Black codes, code switching, it's a cold world. Survival spirit in it got me feeling so thorough. But Lord knows, I wanna be free. Oh no, familiar with the lows. But we ain't slowing down, my people got somewhere to go. And Lord knows, we wanna be free. Got me feeling like I'm not supposed to be here Didn't wanna stop and fuck the tree, yeah Make a legal and invest in schools, it's free, yeah Free got my people, we need a heat check We on the road despite the cold cuts I do not know what force can hold us We got the shoulder flow, was robust Stay on this road, I know I'm focused Oh, oh, oh We gon' rise up to the top And we ain't gonna stop No matter what they block No matter who the ops No matter what the ops the calls in the end, you gon' talk about how we rose, oh yeah We gon' win, get to breaking all your codes, yeah, yeah In the wind to the moon, we gon' float, oh, oh It don't matter what the evil throw, we glow It don't matter what the evil throw, we glow Black codes, code switching, it's a cold world Survival spirit in it, got me feeling so thorough But Lord knows With the lows, but we ain't slowing down. My people got somewhere to go, and Lord knows we wanna be free. Would you speak for me if I fly away? Don't let them turn me into just another name. Think about me, don't you let my life fade away, 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 away. This world got too cold for me. I know you got plenty more to see. To give my soul some peace Away, 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 away Rest in peace, I say Rest in peace, damn, damn Rest in peace, all the lost ones Gonna forever have a seat at the table We will never forget No matter how far you are Right here That's all right. Just go ahead and do what they don't expect. You've been doing that your whole life. You got that gumbo, boy? Woo! I want to be free. Oh, Oh, man, the music. (laughs) So, yeah, that was Professor Eric Foner of Columbia U discussing Black Coach, followed by Black Coach, J.P. Reynolds. Go ahead, Yusuf. Uh, just overwhelmed, man. 
just just from the entire show, man. Not overwhelmed in a good way. Yes, you know. I understand. Wow. Uh, yeah, you know, it's it's been an amazing night. We made history. Just this conversation alone is history, y'all. See, I'm, I'm, you know, <laughs> like you, you you never heard yeah. nothing like this before. You never seen nothing this type of gathering like this on air. Oh come on, man! And all of that listening. <laughs> the time we all would have been hung for this gathering. We would have been hung. We're gonna piss some people off right yeah. now. They're probably looking at us going, "Damn, what? How many?" Where? <laughs> it is what it is, you know. When we formed the Abolish Slavery National Network, the idea was really not to come out until we came out with a stomp, <laughs> and that's what we did. So we are stepping hard right now into this history that we're going to make, where freedom is on the horizon and people have a reason to hope again. When nobody else is paying attention, what means the most to you, your family members, your loved ones, your freedom there are people who are working towards that goal for those inside and those outside and for our grandchildren and our children's futures, because I'll be damned if I leave my grandchildren with this mess. Houston. Amen. Amen to that brother. Amen to that. I, uh, I really want to remind people what you got to do, what we want you to do, what you need to do is share the information that you heard here tonight. Make sure that uh, your friends know that they can amend the Constitution in Nebraska and vote Amendment 1, that they can do it in Utah and vote Amendment C, that New Jersey has Amendment 13 happening, that Texas is on board and you're ready to get things done, that Proposition 17 in California is giving back the right to vote to those who have been disenfranchised. Uh, So these are things that you can do in the next two days that Mark Charles is a Native American Navajo citizen and American citizen running for president on an abolitionist platform. Mark Charles 2020. These are all things that you can help. His name is on the ballot. His name is on the ballot. He can get enough delegates to win. Lightning might strike. You never know. (laughs) Don't give up hope till it's done. And, and even after that, keep it moving. Because Mark isn't doing this just for now. This is something that's going to be with him until it's finished. Exactly. Uh, exactly. I wish we could talk for the rest of the night, Max. This is one of those yeah. nights where I could talk all night long. But unfortunately, yeah. as the saying goes, all good things must come to an end. And, you know, just thinking about the journey of getting here that we mentioned earlier in the show. And I'd like just to take a moment to thank our sponsors. Uh, you know, like Jailhouse Lawyers Speak, the I Am We Prison Adv- Advocacy Network, uh, Say My Urge, Quakers Uplifting Racial Justice, the Paul Cuffey Abolitionist Center, and Prismatic Dreams. You know, just thankful for our sponsors and for everyone that's you know, put forth their time, their effort, their blood, sweat, and tears for this moment that we're looking at coming Tuesday. So it's a tremendous moment that we have coming up. And so we're just going to our closing uh, segment, Max. Do you have a closing quote that you'd like to offer us this evening? Um, go ahead and do yours, and then I'll grab mine. Okay. So I'm 
going to keep mine short and sweet. I'm going to say 300 years of of humiliation, abuse, and deprivation cannot be expected to find voice in a whisper. And that's by the Reverend Martin Luther King, Jr. Amen to that. All right. Well, mine comes from Harriet Ann Jacobs and Incidents in the Life of a Slave Girl. And she said, thus far, I had outwitted him. And I triumphed over it. Who can blame slaves for being cunning? They are constantly compelled to resort to it. It is the only weapon of the weak and oppressed against the strength of their tyrants. Again, that's Harriet and Jacobs' incident in the life of a slave girl. I highly suggest you read that book. Uh, We really want to thank all our callers today, Mark, Jamelia, Fibo, Brother Dennis, David, Melina, Sandra, uh, Mikael, Benu, Savannah, um, uh, Quady, Josh, uh, the listeners, uh, make sure that you share this episode and continue to listen to Abolition today. Uh, when Brother Benu was talking about, I didn't know. I'm like, we talk about him every freaking week here on Abolition today, man. You should be listening. <laughs> so, yeah, hey, listen he's to Abolition probably heard today. It and just, you know, because, yeah, he probably <laughs> has so much going on and it, and it missed him because, you know, I was yeah, a little surprised blowing. at that myself. I'm not blowing smoke out of our own ends. I'm just saying that abolition today, as an abolitionist, should be required listening because we break down every aspect of this system week Absolutely. after week after week. And it is a master class, including some of the best music and poetry you can imagine right here. And you can find all of that at our Abolition Today page on YouTube, as well as follow us on Abolition Today at Facebook. All right, uh, Yusuf. Any uh, what else we got to do before we hit this final segment? Is that uh, it? I, that's it. Unless you have something else to say, I'd like to jump right into the bridging the gap. All right, let's go on into the bridging the gap. I just want to say peace. I love you. We'll see you next week. Yeah, love you too, brother. Love all of our callers and everyone involved in the movement. So our bridging the gap segment tonight comes from Peter Osborne. Peter Osborne's to a crowd celebrating American independence. This was a speech delivered on July 5th, 1832, to the people of color in the African church in the city of New Haven, Connecticut, and it was published in the Liberator on December 1st, 1832, and it's going to be read by Scotty Reed. This will be followed by Black Codes featuring D-Money, The Dream. We'll be back November 8th. Inshallah, God willing, post-election. Until then, join the movement at AbolishSlavery.us and subscribe to our Abolition Today YouTube page, as Max just mentioned, for all the new information and music you hear on this program. Also, don't forget to tune in live to uh, tune in to Live from the Plantation that airs at 7 p.m. Central every Thursday night right here on Abolition Today. This program is completely run by those in prison. You can hear voices speaking on the various issues such as prison slavery, human rights violations, and their organizing efforts across the country. So until next week, think about abolition today. Peace and blessings be upon you. Abolition.
Black Abolitionist Speeches, December 1st, 1832, Peter Osborne II, published in the Liberator, Black Abolitionist Archives, document number 00431, speech read by Scotty T. Reed. Fellow citizens, on account of the misfortunes of our color, our 4th of July comes on the 5th. But I hope and trust that when the Declaration of Independence is fully executed, which declares that all men without respect to person were born free and equal, we may then have our 4th of July on the 4th. It is thought by many that this is as impossible to take place as it is for the leopard to change his spots, but I anticipate that the time is approaching very fast. The signs in the north, the signs in the south, in the east and west are all favorable to our cause. Why then should we forbear contending for the civil rights of free countrymen? What man of national feeling would slumber in content under the yoke of slavery and oppression in his own country? Not the most degraded barbarian in the interior of Africa. If we desire to see our brethren relieved from the tyrannical yoke of slavery and oppression in the South, if we would enjoy the civil rights of free countrymen, it is high time for us to be up and doing. It has been said that we have already done well, but we can do better. What more can we do? Why, we must unite with our brethren in the North, in the South, and in the East and West. And then with the Declaration of Independence in one hand and the Holy Bible in the other, I think we might courageously give battle to the most powerful enemy to this cause. The Declaration of Independence has declared to man, without speaking of color, that all men are born free and equal. Has it not declared this freedom and equality to us too? What man could content himself and say nothing of the rights of man with two millions of his brethren in bondage? Let us contend for the prize. Let us all unite and with one accord declare that we shall not leave our own country to immigrate to Liberia nor elsewhere, to be civilized nor Christianized. Let us make it known to America that we are not barbarians, that we are not inhuman beings that this is our native country, that our forefathers have planted trees in America for us, and we intend to stay and eat the fruit. Our forefathers fought, bled, and died to achieve the independence of the United States. Why should we forbear contending for the prize? It becomes every colored citizen in the United States to step forward boldly and gallantly defend his rights, what has there been done within a few years since the union of the colored people? Are not the times more favorable to us now than they were 10 years ago? Are we not gaining ground? Yes, and had we begun this work 40 years ago, I do not hesitate to say that there would not have been at this day a slave in the United States. Take courage, DNG Afri-Americans. Don't give up the conflict. For the glorious prize can be won. Dream of Vision Entertainment. They keep telling us lies, government conspires. They never wanted the black man to rise. Oh my God. Oh my God. Whatever you do, they'll come for you. Hands in the air. They 
God. I'm short on the money, it's on Gary Coleman. A nine to five is slavery to all men. Stop the slang the rock like David did Goliath. Pop that nigga at the register, I want everything inside it. Economy effed up, my whole brain woke up. Life issue like game day and pops don't show up. Media lie, trying to make a dime off of Instagram. Damn, that law really killed that man. How can you blame us? We ain't got no money to eat. We can only ball rap or turn to the street. Try to get a loan for a business or a home. The red line defines whether we lease it or own. Pressure, trying to teach a factual lecture. Mom said I was her doctor or professor. But I'm wasting no semester. Interest on loans the same as the salary of some of my college instructors. They keep telling us lies. Government conspires. They never wanted the black man to rise. Oh, my God. To uplift the blue donkeys get in But never represent We got a red leather bend That throws smoking mirrors And they probably get together To conspire against us House of major schemes They've been plotting against us And all I want is for my vote To count for some shit, bruh I'm already popular Not like by the college Like some marathon Chase banks and make deposits MLK said we was free But how do we feel? I don't see any change Like I only carry bills A politician tried to tell me a dream But I don't sleep red in my eyes From the good shots they keep telling us lies, government conspires. They never wanted the black man to rise. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Whatever you do, they'll come for you. Hands in the air, they ain't playing with you. Oh my god. I guess blue lives matter and the other ones in the rainbow But somehow my people didn't get the memo Hands in the air like you're praising God To even shoot you in the church you still get to be alive Be yourself and stand tall Invest in some land, y'all society's big But the solution is very small I'm feeling like John cause my back is against the wall Hiding my target from the bullets that make me fall A nigga kill a nigga law man Lock him up a hundred years to life And they might add extra or a cop kill that I got one question that the government do for one special. The folks is gonna see another story, huh? But they don't see the homies just lost a bro. And that mother over there crying. Father's dying. God give me a sign. They keep telling us lies. Government conspires. They never wanted the black man to rise. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Whatever you do, they'll come for you. Hands in the air. Abolition.